Thank you, Lord. Let's just thank him one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you're a guest, uh, if you haven't figured out, we're a spirit-filled church here. <laughs> we're singing about new wine, and if you don't know what that means, that's just a, a spiritual analogy for the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, we're not trying to just manufacture, this is not natural wine we're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, this is, sometimes you know in church you do things and you assume everybody knows. But hey, this is this is a spiritual principle. We're we're believing for the for new wine is is a is an analogy and a picture and a symbol in the scriptures of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus says you don't pour new wine into old wineskins because you ruin them both. So in other words, you have to pour new wine into new wineskins. So God has to make you new. So He changes you. He saves you. He He redeems you. He makes you a new person, and He can fill you again. He can fill you freshly because then it won't be, it won't be wasted. It won't, it won't just flow all over and, and get destroyed. It won't bring you destruction. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. And so he's going to fill us freshly. Amen. So thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're in the book of Revelation. If you want to turn there to Revelation chapter 3. We are going through the accounts of the, the letters that Jesus, the messages that Jesus gave to the churches um, in the book of Revelation, and so we're in chapter 3 at the church in Sardis. Um, and so, man, there's been... All i got to say is, here, here's the thing about Jesus, is uh, when He wants to let you know something, He doesn't mess around. <laughs> Have you noticed that in reading these scriptures and in going through this series here? We've been like... He usually starts out with something good, like, hey, this is really good. I, I see this in you. This is really good. And then he says, but this is a real, real problem here. Unless you do it, it's, there's going to be serious consequences. And he uses some strong language to say, you better, you better deal with this. Uh, then he gives you a promise at the end. He says, yeah, but when you overcome, look at the amazing thing that's going to happen to the one that's victorious. There's going to be all these amazing things that are going to happen. And so uh, he kind of, he kind of, Gets us to receive the correction, right? Uh, now, this one today, he doesn't have much to, good to say up front. He just kind of dives right into it. <laughs> so for some of us that don't need the, the uh, flowery encouragement before we receive the correction, this one's for you, okay? Um, just cut to the chase, right? You know, don't tell me how nice I am and all this stuff. Just like if you've got a problem, just like say, here's my problem. Let's talk about it, right? So if this, is, this is the church that needed that. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word right now. Open our hearts to the Word. Open, open our minds to the Word. God, let us have understanding. Let us have revelation today from you in Jesus' name. These are the words of Jesus. To the angel of the church in Sardis, write, These are the words of him who holds the, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive. But you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, 
I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Now here's the encouragement. Yet, yet you have a few, a few people in Sardis who've not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who's victorious will like them be dressed in white, and I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life but will acknowledge that name before my Father and His angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so this is, Jesus cuts right to the chase here, right? He, he doesn't mess around. Uh, he makes it clear that He is the one who's on high. He is holding the, the you know, I, he, he is holding the seven stars. And those, I've, I've got it all in my hand. I've got it under control. I am the Lord of the universe. I am over it all. Uh, and I am here to speak to you. And so we need to be clear that when Jesus is speaking to us, he's the Lord. He's speaking to us from a place of lordship. He's speaking to us from a place of power. So number one, I want to pay attention to what he's saying. But also what he's saying has authority. What he's saying has, he has the right to say this. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some people, some people don't have the right to speak into my life, right? Not everybody has the right to like, just, let me just tell you what, no, no, you don't have the right to speak into my life. Uh, if you're just somebody that I don't know, and you don't know me and you know, you don't have any right. But Jesus has the right to speak into our lives because he's our savior. He's the one that's redeemed us and he's sitting on the throne of heaven. And so he has the right to come to me with anything. You know, can Jesus come to you with anything? That's my question for you. Can he say, we're going to deal with this right now. We, we, can he tell you you're dead if, even though you think you're alive? So these are the words of him who holds the, the seven spirits or the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being dead, alive, but you are dead. Now, Sardis was a wealthy commercial city. Uh, this is, again, is from the area of what is modern day Turkey. All these churches were kind of around a little half semicircle around the edge of, of Turkey. And Sardis was also the place of very successful, very wealthy. Um, and it was also possibly the first place where coins were used as money a long time ago in the B.C. era. And so, you know, there was kind of a focus here on, on success and wealth, most likely. And so, you know, kind of on, on looks, you know, kind of on reputation, you know, it was kind of, kind of important here. And Jesus kind of addresses that right here. So he addresses the church to say, you know, you, you have this reputation. You have this name. You know, I've heard, uh, th- I've heard so I, I wasn't in Midland in the 1980s. Who was in Midland in the 1980s? Okay. So, you old people. Okay. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh, Dave was here too. He was a kid though, right? <laughs> He's like this tall. So, uh, you, know, you know, when, the, when there was the big bust in the 80s, I've heard these stories told to me by people who were here. It's like, you know, because people didn't want to let go that there were some people who they lost their house, but they were still living in their Rolls Royces. They were, they were homeless, but they, they couldn't let down the image 
of that they were successful and had money. And it's like, look, come on, man, sell the Rolls Royce. You don't, you don't need a Rolls Royce. Get a bike. <laughs> if that'll save you from losing your house, but people refuse because they have the reputation to uphold and you could show up driving your Rolls Royce. I don't even want a Rolls Royce, but whatever. Uh, I've never thought that was cool. I don't even know what would be cool, but it's not a car. And so, you know, they... You have this reputation, you have this thing. And so I don't know if that's what's going on in this city, but, but there are some hints at that that are, that are in the history and what we know about this city and here in the text, that there is, a, there is, a, there is this reputation, there is this, there is this picture of something on the outside that wasn't true on the inside. They were not what they appeared to be. They were not the name that's on, on the outside. And Jesus tells them to wake up, right? Wake, wake up. You better, you better wake up to what's really going on. In other words, you have to really know what's going on in, in, in your life. What, what is the condition of your heart? You know, are, if you're good, you're good. You don't have to make yourself be bad. That's not what this is about to like get us all, you know, feeling guilty. Everybody feel guilty. Come to the altar here and repent. No, but if you are needing to repent, if you are needing to deal with something, if God is saying, hey, look, you look good on the outside, but you know the inside is not right, then Jesus is saying, you need to deal with that. You need to wake up and get real and, and say, let's deal with this. Because there's some things that are about to die. So we've been, uh, Ashley and I have been searching for like a, a place to go. We're going to take a little trip here real soon. And so we... We're searching on the, anybody use Airbnb.com? Okay. So we, you search on Airbnb.com and just one of, the, one of the places we were searching, it was just so funny, the title of it. And so can you put this picture up there? So this, this is a picture of the place. Uh, and I, I need a couple guesses as to what the description of this, this Airbnb is. Anybody who's, who's got one? What do you think? What's the description? What? Rustic, okay, I like that one. That's accurate, right? Anything else? What, what else do you see? Great view. Yeah, great view. Okay, this has got to be somewhere in West Texas, right? Luxury cabin. Okay, that's a little bit... Uh... <laughs> so, so anyway, so this, the description for this... I'm serious. We just cracked up at this. I don't know why. So if it's not funny to you, I'm sorry. This is Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Somebody should put your Patty's putting her glasses on right now. Let me. <laughs> I'm looking for West. This is West Texas woods right here, right? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, "What are you talking about? That is the woods." I was, I'm from West Texas. I've been here since the '80s. That is the woods, right? <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, sometimes the name on the front does not accurately describe what's really going on here. I don't know about you, but that doesn't look like cabin in the woods to me. Uh, rustic cabin, you know, view, you can see for miles, whatever, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but it's not cabin in the woods. And so that is the same thing that's happening here in the church. Everything looked good. I, hey, we're alive here. We are, we are following Jesus. We are doing all this stuff. We are, you know, we are this. And Jesus just has to tear it down and says, look, that, that description is not true. You know, the Pharisees were kind of like this. Uh, in Matthew 23, if you put that scripture up, Matthew 23, it says this. 
Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. This here is really the church that had the the pharisaical religious spirit about them. That it was just all about what looked good. I mean, and for a lot of years, that's what you did in church, right? You show up and you say, and you're like, how are you doing? Well, glory, hallelujah, God's good, you know. And you say all these catchphrases. You say all these things. You say the right lingo. Like I grew up in church. I can, I can say the right thing. I can look the right way in my face. I can tell you what you want to hear. I can even make up and lie about what scriptures I've been reading. I know the Bible. I know all that. But if it's not true, then am, am I really alive or am I dead? And here's the thing is, man, the world hates hypocrisy. Even though they practice it all the time. <laughs> but there's, I mean, haven't you, I mean, we've all heard, oh, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there or some, some phrase like that. Oh, those people aren't, don't really do what they say. And whether that's just a cover for not wanting to deal with, with who Jesus is or whether that's like, hey, I've really experienced that. Jesus says there really were people like this. They were really just putting on a show. They, they, on the outside, the name on the outside was Cabin in the Woods. But when you got to the cabin, that's what it looked like. Okay, and you're like, this is false advertising right here. And so I won't tell you where, where, where that's located. Uh, we're not staying there either. Um, it's, there's, it's a little bit less trees than the one we're staying in. Um, <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, I already, already lived there, right? So Jesus says, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. You know, sometimes we have to we have to guard what God has entrusted to us. We have to take care of what the Holy Spirit, what the Spirit of God does in our hearts. We don't we don't want it to be. You know, you have an experience on a Sunday or a Wednesday or, or some worship gathering, and then it's just it's just left there. You know, there's 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 hundreds and thousands of people that that show up to a church every week and that's their only interaction with God. That's their that's their only engagement with the scriptures. That's their only time that they worship God or sing to him or have some kind of mindset where their their focus is on him is for one or two hours a week. To me, that's the that's like the the textbook description of you look alive, but you're really dead. I mean, how alive would you be if you only ate one time a week? You'd be pretty weak by the time Friday comes, right? <laughs> 
But we don't want to we can't spiritually starve ourselves where the only time we're coming to Jesus, where the only time we're we're being filled up is in a worship gathering, is in a gathering of the saints of God. And maybe you're like, man, I'm, I do twice a week, man. I got Sunday and Wednesday night. I eat twice. <laughs> well, that's better than eating once. I agree. But wouldn't it be better to drink in the spirit of God and, and eat the word of God every single day? To have the life of God in you every single day. To be, to be filled with, with, with truth every single day. To really have a relationship with Jesus. That's what it means to be alive. I mean, Jesus lived the perfect life of what it means to, to follow the Lord. Right when he was on earth, he was in communion with his father. He was, he was speaking to him. He was letting him speak to Speak to him. He was being led. He was being he was being encouraged. He was being filled. He was being empowered. We have to take care of what has been trusted entrusted to us. I'm going to tell this story again. I know I've told it before, but it's so shocking. I've had two different encounters or my wife and I have had two different encounters with people where we've we've actually seen something amazing ha- that God did and talked to that person years later and they have zero memory of it. We're talking I'm talking dramatic encounters with with the Lord. Um, you know, my wife went to uh, you as a as a teenager. She went to Youth for the Nations, which is at Christ for the Nations uh, in Dallas and they went to this camp, and she said it was just one of those times where they just, they just experienced the presence and power of God in a way that, w- that was supernatural. They, one, of, one, of the, one of the young people, they had a ring on their finger. While they were worshiping, the ring melted off their finger because the presence of God was so strong that it, that it literally melted a ring off of this person's finger. And there was this there was this one young young person who God like totally touched. And this person was praying for everybody and they were they were being touched by God in powerful ways. He was prophesying to them. They were that he was speaking the words of God to them it was just like an amazing move of God. And later on, Ashley saw this person, you know, probably 10, 15 years later and said, hey, do you remember that time we went to Youth for the Nations and all this stuff happened? And this person just looked at him and says, What are you talking about? They'd had a dramatic encounter with the power of God. They'd seen seen people healed. I mean, they they were seeing... She has to tell you all the story. Uh, They saw dramatic healings. They saw people touched by God. I mean, they were seeing physical manifestations of the power of God. But this person could not remember a single detail from that time. The encounter with God, they had let that thing die. It had been able to be stolen from them because they hadn't cultivated their relationship with God. I've seen that happen. People have had, you know, people have been like literally physically healed by God. And we ask somebody later, do you remember that? And they say, no, I don't remember that. You're like, how can you forget that? You can forget Guess what? You can forget what God has done in your life if you aren't daily tending to what is what has been entrusted to you. 
And so when you daily tend to it, when you consistently tend to it, he says, look, what does he say in verse 4? Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. In other words, you have to have a, a, a recollect. You have to continue to remember. I think that's one of the reasons Jesus invited us to communion. To, hey, hey, keep remembering what I've done for you. My, here's my body. Here's my blood. This is, this is important. You need to remember that my sacrifice is everything. If you get this, you can get the rest of it. But if you don't get this, you're going to forget. You're not going to understand the greatness of my salvation, the, the power of my love, the, the, the redemptive nature of what I've done for your life. He says, remember, therefore, what you received and heard. And hold fast to it. And the word there is like also kind of means to like to to tend to it, to care for it, to to even obey it. In other words, you've got to put it into action. What does the book of James say? Don't be, a, don't be just a hearer of the word, right? James chapter 1. Don't be a hearer of the word, but de- be a doer of the word. And what does it say? The person who just hears the word and doesn't act on it, what are they like? They're like someone who looks in the mirror and then they forget. They forget what they look like when they walk away from the mirror. You have to put into action what God places in you so that you don't forget, so that you don't let it die. Hold it fast, and if necessary, when necessary, hey, repent. talked about that on Wednesday. For those of you that were here, we've talked about, you know, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Repentance means times of refreshing, but repenting is meaning to change your mind, to change your way of thinking, to change your perspective. And when you change that, it means you're going to go a different direction. You're going to walk away from whatever is you thought was important before. And now that your mind has changed, you're going, nope, I'm going this way with Jesus. And so I need to walk with him. I'm going to I'm going to repent. I'm going to remember and I'm going to have a, a change of thinking and a change of 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 mind. My mind's going to be changed and then I'm going to go the different direction. It leads to a change of action. Remember what you have received and heard and obey it and repent. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just we just have things that that. You know, we just have to be aware that if there's something in my life is like, man, this there's some this fire is about to die. Anybody ever, uh, you know, if you if Boy Scouts teach you how to start a fire with with nothing, right? If you don't know how to start a fire, what do we do, right? We get a bottle of lighter fluid, spray it on, you know, like me. You know, if you're born in the city and you're like, you put something that's going to light and you just throw the match on there and you're like, oh, magic. You just lit the fire. But, uh, you know, Boy Scouts, they actually teach you, you know, you got to get something, you know, some little thing that's going to catch fire and you use the flint maybe and, you you know, you're trying to just get a spark to get the spark. And then once there's once there's a little bit of spark going, what do you have to, you have to kind of like, you know, 
blow on it just a little bit, but not too much. And then you've got to you got to gently get that fire going. And so the idea here is, is like if there's something that's coming down and it's and it's and it's going away is is we got to have something to reignite the fire. You got you got to you got to tend to that. You got to you got to care for that. It's not going to automatically just keep burning. You have to you have to take care of it. You have to do something so that fire keeps on going. And so Jesus is saying you must do something or the fire is going to go out. If you're asleep, you've got to wake up. Can't be like, well, me, like teenagers on, on a Saturday, right? Have you ever had a teenager? I mean, I'm not talking, my teenager is not like this. Um, man, when I was a teenager, right? Some of y'all, Nikki's teenagers, right? Getting those kids out of bed on a Saturday. Boy, I bet you, you know, you, you, you can sleep. You know, it's like sleeping to like 12 or 3, 3 o'clock in the afternoon or something. And you're like, I mean, some of you are like, oh, those were the days, right? <laughs> we can just go back to that where, where I actually could sleep. <laughs> so anyway, that's when you have kids, it's over um, for the rest of your life. Because then you get too old. You just can't sleep long enough, right? You know, like, that's long enough being on my back. I got to get up. So... <laughs> <laughs> so okay but you just some you gotta wake up you just can't sleep through your whole life you can't sleep through your spiritual life i'm not saying don't rest i'm not saying don't be at peace there's there's time for that but there's also time where you're like let's get going and wake up and and move forward let's let's Put this, let's deal with this thing. Let's remember what God has put in my life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to live. I'm going to be alive. And it's only the, the Spirit of God. Is, it's, it's His fire. It's His, you know, as we were saying, the new wine. We, we need Him to do something new. We need Him to touch us. But we have to give Him the invitation. We have to give Him the time. We have to give Him the opportunity. We have to position ourselves where we can receive. The fire is not going to build itself. <laughs> One more thing I want to bring out from this. So it's just very fascinating. As I was studying this passage, there's four mentions of the word name. One of them, and they're all the same Greek word, uh, Anima is the Greek word for those of you that care, but it's the same word and it's the word that's reputation right here. So you have a reputation, you have a name of being alive. It, the second one is you have a few people, it, it's actually you have some named ones in Sardis who have not compromised, they've not soiled their clothes. And then Jesus says two things here, he says, I will never blot out the name of of that person from the book of life, and I will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. And here's what I, I felt like the Lord was just showing us, or, sh or showing me at least, I want to share with you, is this, is we can have a name for ourselves, or we can let him speak a name over us. You know, this church had, they had a, a name, they had tried to make a name for themselves. Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> church of Glory. 
You know, I, uh, I got to say this one thing. I got to do it. There's a, there's a, I don't, maybe I should. Should I do it, Narda? So there's a church, there's a church in a certain city. I won't even tell you where they're at. Don't search their name, but it's called the Church of Champions. <laughs> Every time I drive by, I'm like, what happens if you finish second? You can't go there? Anyway, so <laughs> I never won nothing. I can't go to that church. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know, it's just kind of, my, my mind works sillily sometimes. But anyway, sometimes we put a, we put a name on ourselves. That, I mean, it, it's fine. I'm sure that God, you know, they're, they're like emphasizing the victory of Jesus. But I drive by it and I just, I just laugh. And so, we can put a name, we can just put a name on something. We can try to, we can try to dress it up. But I would so much more rather have Jesus say, guess what? I'm going to take care of your name. I'm going to take care of what identifies you and, and who you are and your reputation. And I, I'm going to make sure, number one, the most important thing, I'm going to make sure that your name doesn't get erased from the book of life. I'm going to make sure it's in there. I'm not even saying it's possible. You know, like it said, he just says I, your name won't be blotted out. Okay. But he also says this. And guess what? I'm going to speak your name before my father. That's good news right there. <laughs> I mean, I don't want him to speak. I'm reading Job right now. I don't want him to speak my name before the father like, like, uh, <laughs> like God mentions Job's name. Like, <laughs> anybody read Job lately? God says, hey, have you seen Job? And the devil's like, yeah, let me do something to him. I said, go ahead. Do what you want. <laughs> Be like, God, don't do that to me. <laughs> like, I want Jesus speaking my name to the Father, not God speaking my name to the devil. Anyway, so, uh, but how precious is that? But it says that Jesus, I will acknowledge your name before my Father and the angels. You know, when, when, you're, when your Father wants to talk about you, I mean, there's nothing better. People love, if you, if you love your kids, you want to talk about it. You want to mention their names. You want to... You know, say the amazing things about them. Oh, they did this. They did this. And, you know, the rest of us, we just get to pretend that we are as interested as, you know, you know, everyone else, right, in our own children, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. But you should be that way as a parent, right? That's what it should be. It should be where I'm like, yes, this is, this is, this is, this one came from me and I'm so excited about who they are and who they've created to be and the uniqueness of their life and the giftings that are on them and stuff. And that's what, what's happening in this is Jesus is mentioning them before the Father. I'm so excited about them. This is, this is who they are. This is their, their giftings and talents. This is what, what is being birthed in their life. This is what I've marked them with. And I just want to mention them right now in heaven before everyone. That's a whole lot better than me trying to protect my reputation and put on a false self and, you know, drive my Rolls Royce around so you think I'm good when I'm not good. It'd be much better for me to be open and say, I, look, I don't have a Rolls Royce. Like spiritually right now, I'm in a, I'm in a Pinto from 1970s, you know, and it's, it's hardly running. And I need some help. It's much better for us to be honest and open and without hypocrisy to say, look, there's there's some deadness in here. I need to deal with it. Hey, let's let's we can work with that. Jesus is like, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom is like, hey, look, we can you know, you think you got nothing. Guess what? You're you're in you're in the right place. You're with the right person. Even better. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're with me. Come, come on with me and we can, we can use that because then now I can declare the name that I have for you over your life. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's just thank him. If you want to stand right now, let's just, let's just begin to thank God. I, I just feel like God's just, he's just encouraging us today. He's just, even in this rebuke, there's, an, there's encouragement to say, look, the, the good news is, is when Jesus is doing something, there's always a chance for life. There's always a chance to wake up. There's always a chance for resurrection. There, it's, it's not over till it's over. And so there is hope right now. So even for any of us right now, for any of you right now who are like, man, I'm at the place where I'm about to die. Guess what? Remember and tend to what God has given you and wake up and respond to him. And there's new life where there's new wine and there's new power, there's, there's newness of life that it will be released by the presence of God. That when you repent, there's times of refreshing that come from the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We just honor you and bless you for that. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, you are so good. Father, I just pray for anyone here who is who is struggling, God, who is who is just not been able to to deal with what's going on. God, I pray right now for just a just a release, Lord, just an openness to be to be to be flooded into their souls right now. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to move in us. Just just welcome him to say, Holy Spirit, come and move in my heart, move in my life, move in my mind. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Can you come? Come on up and sing that song. Can you sing it without me? Okay. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Just continue to thank Him. Just continue to worship Him. Just we're just going to sing this kind of. This is a great, just kind of like. You know, it's not the rowdy, yeah, yeah, yeah song. It's just like the, the song where we're just like, God, I'm just open to you. Lord, I'm just open to what, what you are doing in my life. So God, just make us, just fill us freshly today, God. May, we're the offering, God. We are offering ourselves freshly to you. God, that's how we stay alive. That's how we don't become dead is we, we, we don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to pretend. We don't, we don't want to. We don't just want to put a name on the front that says, great Christian, we're all good. No, we want to, we want to be open to you and God and, and just spill our lives before you and open our hearts or lay our lives before you.